I'm a true champion. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm Aaron Nick. This is the Wrestle Plug Podcast, and it's time for your state of wrestling address. Every week, we try and cover the week's wrestling news. Is Carl Wilkinson with me? Nah, he just can't be asked because he's a lazy Canadian bitch. So I'm flying solo this week, and I am going to cover all of the wrestling news. But don't worry, it's going to be its usual candid and uncensored nature, as always. Uh, let's start with Max Caster, shall we? So Max Caster, of course, one half of the acclaimed... Um, I really like the acclaim, by the way, on All Elite. I'm not a huge fan of All Elite Wrestling, not nearly as much as everybody else's, but I do watch it from time to time. I watched it this week and enjoyed it. I really like the acclaim, though. I feel like they're big stars in the making. I really like Max Caster's gimmick. He raps, and he's pretty edgy, and he says some pretty controversial shit. Unfortunately, uh, quite a lot of people feel that he took it a step too far. So let's look at the content first before I give you my opinions and upset the internet as per usual. So Caster, who regularly raps as part of his character with the tag team that you claim, presumably for saying this on the mic was a good idea. This article comes from Deadspin, by the way. Uh, listen, the acclaimed kick ass for miles, making you claim mental health like Simone Biles. The Sidells is going to pay the cost. I'm going to treat those bitches like Duke Lacrosse. The blondes say they are the best, but those dudes are faking at a PCR test. And what's that smell in here? What's that smell here in North Carolina? Oh, wait, that's Julia's. <laughs> Which I believe is uh, in reference to her vagina. <laughs> Me personally, I look at this. Now, obviously, Julia Hart is 19 years old. Now, one of the big things that people are kicking off about is the fact that Max Caster is 32 and that she is 19 and he shouldn't be referencing her vagina at all. So, are we going to actually play this? this cancel culture card of oh she's 19 it's massively inappropriate yeah because he's saying that he wants to smash her in no he's not he's just saying that the smell in here is her cunt let's be real is that unacceptable yes however he's a fucking heel and if what he's saying isn't unacceptable then he's not doing his job when was the last time a heel came out and said no offense to everything you know, and by the way, I've seen AEW fans particularly. This is what's really funny. You AEW fans are like, yeah, we're not pussies like WWE. We've got a different culture. We've got a different brand. By the way, AEW wrestling, I believe, is actually TV 14. It's for a more mature audience. It's not a PG product as such. Correct me if I'm wrong. Please do. I always am happy to correct myself on this podcast. But if that's the case, stuff should be edgier. They're swearing on your show. By the way... Why is it that this is unacceptable, but last week, a legitimate felon using a pizza cutter and doing what we call deathmatch garbage wrestling, why was that acceptable? I don't personally have a problem with that either, but where the fuck are your perspectives? And also, where was all this outrage when Mike Tyson was on your show? A convicted rapist. Oh, that's right. We didn't want to fucking kick up about that because AEW's precious, but because Max Caster's one of our own, we can silence him. And I've already seen, apparently, uh, due to other articles, that apparently AEW have completely edited this bullshit out. <sighs> uh, sorry, but if you bend to the will of the fans every time they feel like they have a right to dictate what we do, and by the way, I say we because I play a heel as well, uh, for a couple of wrestling promotions and I really enjoy that role and I take a lot of pride in upsetting fans and pissing them off because that's my fucking job you cretins it, it infuriates me 
that people want to dictate how the wrestling works. You know, I've seen all these fans say, oh, what he did was cheap. Oh, it's cheap heel heat. He's not very good at his job. What? Because um, Mark, who lives in his basement for the last 40 years of his mum's house, apparently is better and apparently is more well qualified to tell Max Caster how he should do his job. Fuck off. This is what happens when you create a company and you allow your fans to dictate and also have a majority say on how the content should be directed. As soon as you do that, you are asking for trouble. Uh, Max Caster, good for you. From what I can see, you haven't apologised yet. If you do, then you're going to get it from me. You shouldn't apologise. It's your fucking job. You're a heel. And by the way, if you're upset by this, do, do I think it's funny to joke about rape? No, I do not. Do I think it's funny to joke about mental health? No, I do not. In the real world, this is a professional wrestling scenario. This is, for all intents and purposes, not real. Okay? And by the way, your show has gone above and beyond to show that the majority of wrestling is indeed what people hate calling it, which is fake. And the ones who actually present themselves real, like Max Caster, who put pride and work and effort into what their character is, they get lambasted otherwise. Bullshit. Absolute bullshit. I don't personally have a problem with Max Caster saying anything because he's a heel. Now, if Max Caster comes out as Max Caster, the human being who lives in the real world, not a character played on TV and comes out and makes jokes about Simone Biles, then yeah, fucking hammer him. If he makes jokes about rape, hammer him. If he makes jokes about stinky pussies and 19-year-old girls, yeah, fucking hammer him. By the way, <laughs> where's all this outrage whenever a rap track's released? Have any of you actually listened to rap? Have you ever listened to anything edgy? Um, most of you fucking marks, let's be real who are upset about this, probably listen to Slipknot and wear hoodies and stuff of that nature. And there's nothing wrong with that. I used to do that too when I was 15. You all have and consume from a day-to-day -day basis stuff in the real world and also in the fictional world that is controversial. Game of Thrones fans, plenty of rape in that. Are you outraged by that? Uh, no, because it's not real. Neither is wrestling, apparently. Can't have it both ways. You can't say wrestling is fake, wrestling isn't real, wrestling is predetermined whenever you do something crazy or edgy, but then on the flip side, whenever somebody says something crazy and edgy, you then hammer them. Sorry, can't have it both ways. Cannot, cannot let you get away with that. Fucking bullshit. If you're upset by that, and if you need to take to social media to cancel him, then you're a fucking joke, you're a mark, and ultimately you're somebody who lives on social media and not the real world. And I don't respect you. And I probably never will. Because Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff, that is great. And we use that to boost our profile. And I love interacting with so many amazing people. Nails and Amy, who listen to this podcast, are two of the most die-hard AEW fans I know. I'd love to know their thoughts. And hopefully they've sent in their interactions. I know Nails has because I have something prepared for her in a moment. And by the way, I made it in two minutes flat. So you're welcome. I'm a poet. I'm not a rap artist, but I'm a poet. Or at least I'll try to be. But I haven't seen a lot of AEW fans nearly as outraged. I think it's just a case of people need to be professionally offended at all times. Um, but like I say, there's no outrage over Game of Thrones having loads of rape. There's no outrage over the gratuitous violence of The Walking Dead or GTA or a number of video games or films or TV series or anything about that nature. So why is it that this is worthy of triggering? You know what happens when you give people social media who don't have real lives, who don't live in the real world, who don't pay rent, who don't work fucking hard all the time? And I'm sure there are people who do all of those things who are still outraged too. Congratulations. That makes you in some ways even more pathetic that you live in the real world but still feel that you need to be outraged by this. And by the way, don't be coming at me with the you wouldn't know what it's like to be a victim, blah, blah, blah. I've gone into great detail about all of my past on this podcast before. You can go and search that. You can ask me personally if you wish. I know all about all of these topics. 
that are on board right now, unfortunately, in very personal and very grotesque ways. But ultimately, this is what happens. This is what happens when people live on social media, when they can hide behind a keyboard. They can be outraged because ultimately nobody's going to hold them accountable for their outrage, just like they want to hold everyone accountable for what they say in a fictional environment, in a TV show that is maybe presented as a real sport, but ultimately is not real. It's predetermined. And by the way, if AEW, Tony Khan, things of that nature are super, super upset about this, why was it allowed to be aired in the first place then? I'm pretty sure this was on dark. I'm pretty sure this was pre-recorded. In which case, you should have edited it out. You should have known better if it was apparently that bad. So ultimately, um, there's no room to hide here. If you're offended, good for you. Be offended. But nobody woke up the next morning and said, I'm offended, and then I got leprosy. No. Offence is taken, not given. Get over yourselves, grow up, and go out into the real world. And for the love of God, move out of your mother's basement, because you probably smell just as bad as the aforementioned pussy. It is what it is. Now, I don't normally get into the interactions until the end of the show, um, but Nails sent in her interactions. Let me just pull up the little page here. Now, obviously, um, Nails has loads of great opinions, and we'll get to your actual questions and stuff that you asked a little bit later. But you did ask me if I could do a freestyle rap on this. Now, I can't freestyle rap. I'm like my boys, NY Page and Mole Man Beats, who I've worked with. Absolutely amazing artists, and I thoroughly thoroughly demand that you check them out because they are so sick of what they do and by the way they say some really inflammatory shit on their rap and nobody fucking tries to cancel them oh funny that isn't it because it's one rule for one and one for another but i did write down a rap of sorts a piece of poetry and yes i'm aware as an egyptian man i have no business yeah i know i look like dj Khaled. doesn't mean i can rap or sing like the guy although i can certainly eat pussy unlike he can i can tell you that fucking much just for shits and giggles so now this one's for you and everyone else yes you can play along and laugh at the incredibly cringy white man rap skills so max caster playing heel spilled some tea that wasn't facts that all elite dumb fucks demand we cancel poor old max how the art of wrestling has fallen from the tracks. He made jokes about rape, stinky pussy, and the cross, but I bet most of you have said shit just as bad to your boss. He's a fucking heel, Mark. That's his job, that's what he's paid to do. The only reason you're upset is because you hide behind your keyboards and your mom's basements, too. Social media isn't real, it's an echo chamber of your thoughts. So shut the fuck up and focus on all the serial killers and rapists that we should have caught. That's the best I can do, I'm afraid. Hopefully you enjoyed that. That pretty much sums up what I think about it. And I'm interested to see what you guys have to say in the interactions later. But that one's just for you, Nails. You're fucking welcome. And no, I'm not putting a diss track or a fucking beat behind it. Because just not that talented when it comes to the rap game. I can write poetry, but I'll never be able to rap it that well. So, yeah. I have, if anything, more respect for what Mac Max Caster does. Because... I could never go out there, especially freestyle and lay down some shit like that, whether it was pre-written or not. Um, but that's not the only news. Unfortunately, there's been a lot of allegations that have been thrown around. I'm not going to get into too much detail, but um, allegations have resurfaced about Darby Allen. These are all obviously allegations. Allegedly, these aren't from WrestleClub. These are from different sources. But ultimately, uh, allegations were made against Darby Allen um, about physical assault, sexual assault, and they resurfaced again this week. And unfortunately, the reason I bring it up is because it, again, has reared the ugly heads 
of ugly, ugly wrestling fans. Not just AEW, WWE fans too, just people in general who are all aboard the cancel culture bandwagon. Now, ultimately, you're never going to stop people from taking sides. The individual in question has alleged that Darby Allen um, sexually assaulted her in a past relationship. She then showed screenshots of Darby Allen's last girlfriend, who is fairly well known and I believe is in WWE's developmental system now, where she was threatening her and talking about how her rape was invalid, things of that nature. It's very, very unfortunate, and my stance is, as it always should be, is to allow the court of law and the justice system to actually deal with this shit because, again, I have to keep saying this. If you think social media is a good platform to make judgment on whether people are guilty or not, then you're a fucking moron and you should have your devices, your smartphones, your PCs, whatever it is that you put your stubby little fingers in your mum's basement on and write such inflammatory shit. That should be taken away from you because social media is not a fucking good place to air this kind of bullshit in the first place. Um, good for everybody who has come out and used the platform to try and garner more attention to the issues at hand, but that doesn't mean that literally, as soon as anybody says something, it should be taken verbatim on social media. And that's not me saying that this woman is lying, or that Darby Allen is even guilty, or vice versa, or anything else involved with these individuals. What I'm saying is, how about we don't use social media as the court of law, and we actually use a real court of law? It's not fucking healthy. And what's really scary is the fact that it goes on the other side of things as well. AEW fans, very quick to defend Darby Allen. Oh, he's already given screenshots of, of, of you know, past conversations to Tony Khan. So we should nip this in the bud right now. That's all very well and good. But ultimately, that's not where the bottom line is. Tony Khan is not the arbitrator. As Darby Allen's boss, he should probably think twice about maybe putting him on screen more regularly until this has been dealt with in the appropriate way. But whether he is innocent or not, whether she is lying or not, that's not for us as individuals to say. It's just so ugly, and I didn't really want to talk about it on the podcast, but we don't bury our heads in the sand at the WrestleBlog, and we will continue not to do so. We like to tackle these issues. And again, unfortunately, as somebody who has you know, suffered greatly with a lot of these topics that have been brought up in terms of abuse, um, it's very fucking difficult, because... There are so many different routes that people take to try and overcome these horrendous um, moments in their life, these obstacles, these, you know, I didn't ever want to be a victim. I wanted to be somebody who could rise above that, who could garner strength from that in the long run. So I went to, you know, the appropriate authorities and we went down that route. Then I had therapy and other things of that nature, stuff that I don't really need to divulge in great detail. And frankly, it would take me a long time to do so. And that's, you know, unfortunately, this isn't unfortunately the platform for me to do so, frankly. Um, but I'm just very concerned that people think it's okay to use social media as a tool. And this is the problem when you give people an unfiltered keyboard with no accountability. Accountability is the word. My boy Choke Go Gaming will know all about that because we're keeping each other accountable for our workouts. I'm training hard, working hard for my wrestling return, which is coming up very soon. Things of that nature. Um, this is unfortunately a much darker thing to talk about. It's not pretty. There are a lot of people who are still walking around. We've got wrestling companies in the British wrestling scene that are still using individuals who have been accused of rape and assault. We still have horrible incidences. We had one recently where an individual I know was spat on at a British independent wrestling show by a disgusting individual who I'm not going to name because he doesn't deserve any fucking clout on this podcast. And you would hope that, especially in this climate with COVID the way it is, that the 
correct authorities and safeguarding will do their job. That's what they're there for. And people can say, police aren't worth shit, blah, 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 blah. Well, the alternative is that we have vigilante mobs. And I would still rather have justice, the police, and individuals. And by the way, there are a lot of amazing, amazing people out there who work for the emergency services, particularly the police and law enforcement, who actually are incredibly good at their job, who take pride in helping keep our streets clean, helping make the world a better place. And just because a load of fucking cockwaffles have decided to abuse that power, which they have in the past, no question, that does not mean you can throw a blanket over that faculty and just assume that everybody behaves in that way. There's a lot of great people who are working so hard and trying to uphold the rules and the laws of our society and trying to make everybody feel safe and happy so that they can go out at all hours and feel comfortable. And unfortunately that isn't the case because of the sheer amount of people who know for a fact that they can abuse the law. But if we all start just taking it on board and you know, losing all of our common sense and our street smarts and trying to be vigilantes and trying to use social media to bury people without actually knowing any of the facts, that makes us no better. And what we do is we just add to the mountain of paperwork and the fuel on the fire and it just gets worse from there. And frankly, that's all I really have to say about that. Uh, Ric Flair has been released by WWE. Um, unfortunately, um, Ric Flair had kind of had enough of the creative process, particularly involving Vince McMahon. There are a lot of articles about it. I don't really need to read them because I've read it verbatim at this point and it's getting a little bit tiring. But basically what had happened is Ric Flair had had enough of the angles that he was putting in, in particular the one involving Lacey Evans, um, where there was an insinuation of a pregnancy angle which of course was nixed very quickly because Lacey Evans actually was pregnant in real life. This took her off TV. Ric Flair felt uncomfortable with this. Uh, and he also made quotes about the fact that Vince McMahon still sees him as the kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing son of a gun. You know, the guy who would walk around with nothing but a robe on, who could womanize everybody, who was having 16 women a night, that kind of thing. And of course, Ric Flair is a much, much, much older man. Still got some drip to him. Ric Flair drip got war on a bitch, as you know. Ric Flair felt that this was a step too far. And he was, as you would expect from Ric Flair, still quite complimentary of Vince McMahon on the way out. But this is just another indication of how Vince McMahon's creative booking is fucking garbage. We all know that. Just because I'm not a huge fan of AEW does not mean that I'm not aware of how stupid WWE's booking is. It can be much worse at times. And Vince McMahon has lost his fucking marbles. We all know that. But this isn't a big deal. Ric Flair is, I believe, in his 70s or close to it. Um, it doesn't seem to have affected Charlotte Flair in any way. I believe that Charlotte Flair deserves to be pushed because Charlotte Flair is exceptional. And by the way, all the fucking people saying, oh, Charlotte Flair this, blah, blah, blah. You'd all be losing your fucking tits if she turned up on Dynamite. And I believe we're going to discuss that a little bit later with your interactions. But for me, um, it's not big news. It's definitely worth talking about, obviously, because Ric Flair is a big star. But what do you want me to say? What do you want me to honestly say about this? I love Ric Flair, the wrestler, particularly of old, uh, from Mid-South and NWA in those days, but I, I don't care now. Ric Flair being released is not a big deal. Now people are saying, oh, he's, he's going to go to AEW. It's another start. What do you do? Another WWE talent turning up in AEW. It's turning into WCW very quickly, which is a shame because Malachi Black is fucking balls to the wall amazing. But that's another story I could get into as far as AEW using WWE talent. 
Um, it's unfortunate that Ric Flair, even at his age, felt that he couldn't be around the same company that his daughter is excelling in, and I'm sure he would love to have been much closer than the average human being in watching his daughter excel the way she has done, and being able to be a part of that process and watch that and be proud of his daughter flourish as one of the all-time great women's wrestlers already, but... At the same time, Charlotte Flair is an incredibly powerful and very smart adult. She can look after her own end just fine without Ric Flair around, and she seems to be doing just that, frankly, carrying Raw quite a lot at this point, it has to be said. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate that Ric Flair has been released. I thoroughly expect him to tip up at Dynamite soon, because that is just the way it is, if I'm being honest. Now, the one last thing I want to talk about before we get to your interactions is Adam Cole, baby. He's one of my favorite wrestlers. I love NXT, as you know, and to be honest, I love Adam Cole even more. I think he's a mega star. I really do. Uh, despite his diminutive size, that's probably what people would levy at him. Um, AEW president, head of creative and general manager Tony Khan, has denied that the company made a recent contract offer to WWE NXT superstar Adam Cole. It was reported earlier uh, via the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that AEW has offered a deal to Cole. The same report said Cole is also nego negotiating excuse me, a new NXT contract uh, and that he has not accepted either offer as of midweek. Now, of course, I expect um, Adam Cole to end up being back in NXT just because he has been utterly exceptional there and he knows that all the while he's in NXT, he's going to thrive and be used well. Main roster, can't say otherwise because carrying cross in it. But one thing I will say is, I don't think Adam Cole benefits from going to AEW. I think it's anyone out there saying that Adam Cole should go to AEW is fucking stupid. Again, where do you put him? People are saying, oh, he's got unfinished business with Kenny Omega. That's great. But if you've got CM Punk and Daniel Bryan coming in, where does he fit in there? Do we just chuck all of them in a 10-man fucking, you know, elimination ladder match every week? No. You have to have sensible booking. And this is where... AEW is really going to struggle when they actually have all of these stars on board because then all of a sudden they're going to have even bigger ratings because of course Daniel Bryan and CM Punk are going to bring in bigger numbers and when they do all of a sudden there's going to be more eyeballs on you for when you make mistakes and then we're going to see how you book talent now if you then bring in Adam Cole on top of Malachi Black and Cody and the Elite and everybody else and you've got Andrade and Pac and John Moxley and Eddie Kings. You can't find room for everyone. You've got another show coming in in Rampage. I don't know if this is a regular thing or if this is just a one-off in Chicago. But for the love of Christ, you know, you've got Dark. You've got Dark Elevation. You've got Dynamite. You haven't been going three years and you've already got all this stuff. And it's, it's too saturated. It's too much. I'm not going to watch all of it. I, I barely have time to watch half of WWE stuff. Never mind half of AEW stuff. Not to mention there's Impact, there's Ring of Honor, there's New Japan Pro Wrestling. There's great wrestling everywhere, but you now have to be a discernible customer. And those of us who live in the real world who have to work and provide for people and things of that nature, we don't have time to watch 30 hours of wrestling a week, which is kind of what it's getting to. It's getting ridiculous. It's getting to the point where there just isn't enough time. I try and do as many three-minute reviews as I can, but come on, people. What more do you expect of us? We're not miracle workers. Um, yeah, and I don't have a team of individuals behind me. The only person who helps me out is Carl Wilkinson. He doesn't do any editing. He just comes on the podcast. And he can't even be asked to turn up for what? Can he? Half the time. Lazy Canadian shithouse. Lazy booking. So ultimately, you know, I'm just one man with a cheap laptop trying his hardest to entertain people and make them smile. So, you know what? Maybe think about that when you give us a subscribe. Cha-ching! But, um... I just think it's ridiculous. I just think it's crazy to even insinuate. Like, yeah, they've got the money, but have they got the TV time and the space? No. You legitimately are going to end up with three or four versions of Dynamite at this rate, and they're all going to have to have separate storylines 
but they're not going to be able to coexist together. There's too much. There's way too much. And one of the reasons that people want AEW to succeed and not WWE as much is because it's so different. Because it is, you know, a little bit... The idea is that, you know, I want to see more of the cream of the crop. I don't want to see shows like Raw where they're just forcing wrestlers in for the sake of it because they've got too many guys on their roster to use. It's funny, isn't it? WWE is releasing shitloads of talents. And do you know what? They fucking should be because they shouldn't have a massive roster of individuals. Now, some of them are highly questionable. Bray Wyatt, ridiculous. Malachi Black, ridiculous. AEW, if you don't pick up Bray Wyatt, you're fucking stupid. But again, where'd you put him? You know, I can understand picking up certain people, but for fuck's sake, you had ever eyes on Dynamite this week. What do you need them for? You've already got the best tag team division in the world that you don't know how to fucking book. So why do you need to shove Ever-Eyes in there as well, just for the sake of it? You're already... Not only that, you're building all these ridiculous tag teams. You've got like 25 factions. It's so noisy and oversaturated. And the worst thing is, because everybody has creative freedom and creative control, there is no limitation. And that's what happens. That's why things like Max Caster and what he said, even though I don't have a problem with it, that's how it got through the cracks. Because when it's all said and done, realistically, Max Caster wouldn't really have had that issue and probably would have been pulled up before then um, for stuff that he said, inflammatory-wise, um, if there hadn't been so much noise already around. That you can't police everything unless you throw a blanket over it and you state, we're in charge of everything and everything has to go through us. Way too many things are seeping through the cracks. It's messy. It's noisy. There are too many cooks in the kitchen, none of which are actually cooks. And the one supposed cook isn't very good at being a cook, and that's Tony Khan. Can't book for shit, and I'm sick and tired of people saying he can, because a lot of this stuff is so badly booked. I thoroughly believe that all the good stuff they do on AEW Dynamite is down to guys like Malachi Black and Cody, the guys who actually understand the business, the guys who already know what their character is all about and know how to present themselves perfectly and know what's good for television because they believe in themselves. But a lot of these guys, they really don't have a fucking clue, and they're allowed to go out there, start bollock naked, and act like a bunch of jocks, and it shows. It really does. Now, ladies and gentlemen, onto your interactions. Of course, every week I like to ask you guys to send me in your opinions, your questions, your thoughts, and then I may just have a little chat afterwards um, to myself. And then if any of you are listening, good for you, and you can send me a message as you always do. Shout out to guys like Tanvir, who apparently don't have enough of a life and feel the need to listen to me, you poor bastards. Um, but yeah, I asked you guys to send in your opinions, your thoughts, your questions, things of that nature. At Sly Fox Sports Podcast. That redundant thing. Um, isn't Triple Mania soon? Aren't we supposed to have Omega versus Andrade? Why in the holy hell are they not at least running into one another on Dynamite? And what do you think about Jericho's labor matches? Um, I think they're really sloppy. I think they're really poor in terms of Jericho's labor matches. I think the one with um, Nick Gage was a joke. I don't think Nick Gage should even be on Dynamite. I understand that he is a star in garbage deathmatch world. Um, I like some deathmatch wrestling just for jokes, but that's all it is. It's a novelty. It's a bit of a joke. Um... And to be honest, even the matches that have been okay, like Sean Spears and Juventud Guerrero, he's been carried quite a lot. I feel like Jericho is being carried at this point. I do. And I think that's really sad because if you told me 20 years ago Chris Jericho is the kind of guy who will end up spending his career being carried by other guys, I would have laughed in your face because he was the best worker in the world for so long. But yeah, the fact that Omega and Andrade are going to be wrestling each other for the AAAR Mega Campione and they're not even fucking looking at each other. That's, that's fucking stupid. That's bad booking is what that is. It's lazy booking too. It's it's just poor in general is what it is. At Nails 
and NY are good buddy nows. Ego Maniac. She asked if I could freestyle wrap my opinion on the Caster app. Already done that. Question from the Choked Goat. At Choked Goat. Question for the show. Is having a heel-face dynamic as needed as it was years ago? Absolutely. I can't believe... Like Now, I know Cody Rhodes has come out and said that he thinks... Um, excuse me. A little sip of the old rum and coke for the boys. Mm. Here's to you, people. Cody Rhodes came out and said that he hates old tropes like bad guys and good guys. Good for you, Cody. But in the real world and in media and fictional stuff like of that nature, it still works beautifully. They're, every great hero needs a villain. Um, how do you think Marvel Avengers would have turned out if about a third of the way through the first film that he turns up in, Thanos decides, ah, do you know what? I could just eliminate half the universe and even though he's doing it for a good reason like there's nothing wrong with having shades of grey but ultimately he's still a fucking bad guy he's still a heel can you imagine if you just turn around and go nah i don't really fancy the infinity stones um should we just go for a drink instead and just talk about it like real human beings that would have made for a shit fucking film wouldn't it what a crap franchise that would be avengers the bar <laughs> and you just you know there's tony stark and thanos in the sports bar pouring one out for one's homies come on bruv it yeah, good for you, Cody. You want AEW to be truly special. What are the best things that we've had so far in AEW, in your opinion, guys? Think about all the great moments that AEW has had so far. I can guarantee you the majority of them involve a face and a villain. I, the majority of them involve someone doing something bad and someone doing something good to counteract that. That's the whole fucking point of storytelling for the, for the most part. You think Batman's any good without Joker? No. You think Superman's any good without Lex Luthor? No. You know, I could go on and on with those. It, it's stupid. It's absolutely stupid. Um, yeah, I understand that you're, you need to have more depth. And you need to have more... You need to flash out your characters. But to say outright, oh, heels and faces aren't needed anymore. Really? Okay. So MJF's a good guy, is he? No. MJF works because he's an obnoxious little prick. We all know an MJF. We all know a dickhead. We all want the dickhead to, frankly, lose in the end. Because we want to be able to know and we want to be able to feel like being a hero will get us somewhere. Me, personally, I don't give a shit about that. I like being a bad guy. I like making kids cry at fucking shows. But, you know, this this, this idiocy, this stupidity of, oh, yeah, wrestling doesn't need good guys and bad guys. Really? Really, does it not? So, if every single match at an indie show... Um, that you attend, every single wrestler comes out and just goes, come on everybody, and then they shake hands, and they have a good sporting contest, all five or six matches. That's going to be a waste of your fucking money, isn't it? There's no pantomime. There's no fucking, there's no, um, you know, joie de vivre, or, or however you want to pronounce it. There's no, you know, real kind of semblance of entertainment. It's just a thing. If it doesn't have characters, if it doesn't have good versus evil, you know, if it doesn't have bad versus good, that kind of thing. These are all things that are put in place to make things better. Like I said, you can't have heroes if you don't have villains. Doesn't work. At Choke Goat Gaming, again, he also said, Thoughts on the promo? It didn't come off as bad as many put it, but AEW may want to check with talent before hands-on. Before hands-on, if, on, if something may be too much. Learn to speak English, bruv. Um, thoughts on it? Basically saying that maybe AEW wants to have a word with the talents before they let them go out there, I assume. That's exactly what I said earlier, isn't it? Ultimately, if you actually fucking checked what these guys were doing, then maybe you would have avoided this nonsense in the first place because apparently people are too sensitive on Twitter. 
Well, get off Twitter then. Get off social media. Fuck's sake. It's not real anyway. It's all a load of fucking predetermined, prebubescent bullshit. Uh, Nails. She accepted the terms of the rap, and now she can't wait. Good. Well, I hope you enjoyed it, you absolute cretin. Also, do you believe the rumours Rick didn't like Charlotte's booking? Yes, I do. Absolutely. Um, even Ric Flair must have a limit, and that stuff with Lacey Evans was just fucking cringeworthy. Uh, if so, do you think Charlotte isn't happy, and would she go too? Let's get to speculating. First of all, no. Um, I don't think Charlotte would leave. I think she's paid incredibly well to do what she does. Um... The, the idea of Charlotte in AEW as well is fucking laughable because, first of all, if she came in, uh, you wouldn't have any other women because all of those women aren't good enough to even fucking lace her boots. Just saying. Uh, maybe at a stretch, uh, Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa could get good matches out of her. But let's be real, Thunder Rosa is an NWA star. I know she's now signed for AEW, but ultimately she made her name in NWA before she came to AEW. Um they need to bring in a lot more for Charlotte to work. I think this is indicative uh, of AEW fans in a nutshell. They think everybody should jump as soon as they don't like anything. There's going to be things in AEW they don't like as well. Sorry, that's just the way it is. Um, but no, I don't think she'd go. Even if she is, isn't happy. But I don't think Charlotte Flair cares. She's got a beautiful, beautiful uh, fiancé in Andrade, who she's very happy with. And he works in AEW. There's never been an issue there. Um... She probably makes a humongous packet. She's about to be one of the big headlining stars of SummerSlam. Uh, WWE puts her in a position where she is one of the biggest stars they've ever had, in particular in terms of women's wrestling. I think that she would be utterly insane <laughs> to even remotely think about losing something like that. And I imagine that she probably won't. Um, shout out to Lee Meeks, by the way, for being a fucking mill and uh, having a good gig at my expense. But I don't see you on this podcast doing raps, Lee Meeks. But I don't see you on a podcast at all, son. So just know your role and shut your mouth, innit? And enjoy your Smackdown, brah. Um, that'll do, I think, as far as the podcast goes. I would have a casual conversation about movies and stuff with Carl Wilkinson. But as I mentioned, he's a little fucking bitch and he's not here, so... Yeah, I think we'll leave it there. Um, hopefully you guys are doing alright. I'm looking forward to the weekend because football is back, which means I get to see my beloved Lincoln City. And unlike a lot of these fucking plastic football fans, I actually go and watch my football team play. Um, so I cannot fucking wait. Chilling them away. It's a shithole, but somebody's got to go there and support the boys. Hopefully we'll come back with three points. But... Until next time, thank you very much for watching. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's so much great content on there. There really is. I'm not just blowing smoke up my own ass. We work so fucking hard. I work extremely hard on that channel. And I would love to see more and more of you watching our videos, commenting on them, because ultimately, I feel like our content deserves it. I feel like our content matches up with any of these other big-time podcasts. And I'll tell you what, I do it all from a £500 laptop. I don't have a, a media fucking conglomerate behind me you know i don't have a cult i don't have a culture i don't have any of that fucking nonsense it's just me a 500 pound laptop and a lot of fucking hard graft and hard work and that's all you get from this podcast it's real it's honest it's candid and hopefully it's the podcast that you can enjoy too because it's your podcast as much as it is mine until then ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for checking out the state of wrestling address we'll be back next week with more wrestling news and we've got more interviews to come as well we've got a very big interview actually tomorrow I'm really excited to drop that soon you're gonna love 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 who i've got on the podcast next until then i'll catch you very soon for more content from the wrestle plug <laughs>